Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. When I talk to my clients about self-care, I can immediately see their eyes glaze over. They're thinking, Abby, I don't have time to fit in anything else because they see self-care as a stressor. One more thing to do to add to their to-do list because when people think of self-care, they think of what they should be doing, you know, exercising, taking time for yourself, meditating, doing a hobby, mani petties, you get it. Maybe you even do all those things, but you're not consistently feeling better. What if I told you that self-care isn't just about those things? If you're really ready to hear what self-care is and learn about my awesome way to integrate the tools you've learned with a free giveaway, of course, because that's my style, then stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome to the first podcast of 2021. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We made it out of 2020. We survived. It was a close one, wasn't it? You were worried, weren't you? You were thinking, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Well, you're here. Congratulations. I missed you so much. I took a week off to rejuvenate and regenerate and re-whateverate and ah, feeling good. So I, because we're talking about self-care, what self-care really means, you know, it's not what you think, like I'm saying. And that's one of the things you can do for self-care is take some time off. Uh, but some real time off where uh, you're not, you know, just, you know, getting the vacation penalty, I call it, where you take the time off, but then you do double the work when you get back, or you had to do double the work before you left. I don't know that that's really time off, but maybe that's for another whole episode. I don't know. If you want to hear that in another episode, let me know. Uh, but so before we get deep with all the goods, I want to remind everyone that I have a YouTube channel. If you like what you hear on the podcast, you will love my channel and get to see my face. <laughs> or you have to see my face, however you see that. I definitely, I cover, I cover different topics now than I used to. Uh, I used to kind of do stuff that I did on the podcast. I don't do that anymore. So I cover different topics than I do here on the podcast and in a much shorter format. They are, the videos are about seven minutes. So 
it's all it you know might be good to suggest to your partner or a friend who refuses to listen to the podcast because I go on too long. Uh, they can watch my mug, you know, for a few less than ten minutes. Make sure you go over there to YouTube and subscribe so I can continue my quest for world happiness domination. That is my that is my thing, uh, and uh, I'll link obviously to my YouTube page in the show notes, or you can just go over to YouTube and put in Abby Medcalf PhD, and you'll will find little old me. <sighs> so. Like I said in my teaser intro, self-care is way more, way more than all the things you do. It is above all else paying attention to how you feel. I'm back to the feelings. Yes, Counselor Abby. So, because you can exercise all day and you can get a mani-pedi every week. But if you're not feeling happier or calmer overall, if you're only in that moment feeling happier or calmer, what's the friggin' point? It's because all the physical self-care in the world won't get you where you're trying to go if you ignore your emotional self-care. So this is for you, especially if you've been struggling with figuring out what it means to do self-care. I've, I've had clients, it's very interesting, um, who will say to me, uh, you know, I say, oh, yeah, I focus more on self-care. And they're like, what does that even mean? Not even sure. Uh, if the... Uh, if Vanessa, if you're listening, you know this is for you too. Uh, there are so many of you that I could call out right now, but I won't. Okay. So emotional self-care means that you have somewhere safe to express your true emotions and feelings. That is what I'm talking about. And by safe, I'm talking about not feeling judged, having someone truly empathize, someone who really you feel hears you and what you're saying. This isn't about problem solving or fixing. It's about feeling seen and heard. And when we have that, we feel connected, which makes us relax and feel safe. And that is emotional self-care. And I want you to think right now of how it feels when someone has really heard you. When you just, uh, when you say something and they just get it, they get it, they're right there with you. The sheer relief of it is epic. As I said that, I was like, ah, you know. It's incredible. This is why so many people cry in therapy. It is not necessarily about what they're sharing. I And I'll tell you, I hear all the time, someone will be crying in a session with me saying, I don't know why I'm crying about this. This isn't even such a big deal. It's because they feel held. They feel understood. They feel seen. They have my full attention. I am not sitting there uh, on my phone or looking around or distracted, they have a thousand percent, a hundred percent of my undivided attention as I listen thoroughly. I'm not interrupting. I'm listening fully. My clients who are listening are laughing. They're like, you interrupt me. Yeah, sometimes I do. I know. That's when I'm, I'm not, I get excited and I don't calm down. But most of the time <laughs> I listen. I listen. I let people just talk. I I do give suggestions and all that good stuff because that's part of therapy to me, but I don't do that right away. And it's always about asking questions and asking, you know, well, have you tried this? And what about this? And, you know, doing the things I talk about with the collaborative questions so that people can come to their own ahas. So emotional self-care will absolutely improve every area of your life because of what it really does on a soul level. 
And so before I jump into all that, I want to talk about the dangers of not sharing and keeping your true emotions inside. Your true emotions. Because sometimes we share, but it's only the rage or we're just crying hysterically or we're just whatever. That's not the true emotion because you're on top of that. And I'm going to talk about that more later. But so here's the issues that happen. Number one are physical issues. When you don't really share your true feelings and in the moment, Anytime you suppress your emotions, it leads to physical stress on your body. That's what happens. Short term, we see things like high blood pressure, pain, GI issues. I would say those are the most common. Long term, we see an increased risk of diabetes, heart disease, cancer, shortening of your lifespan. Hello. Yeah, cancer. Uh huh. There's research on this. I would say, though, that GI issues, gastrointestinal tummy issues are a big theme I see all the time. And according to research from Harvard Medical School, the stress that comes from unacknowledged emotions can lead to slow digestion, gas, bloating, vomiting, ulcers, IBS, you name it. Uh huh. Another common issue I see from not sharing emotions are headaches and migraines. That's a biggie. Uh, when you're emotionally stressed, the mo- muscles in your forehead and brow tighten which results in reduced blood flow to your brain. And voila, headaches, migraines. And if none of that helps you pull the trigger and talk about what the hell you're feeling, a study by the Harvard School of Public Health and the University of Rochester found that people who bottled up their emotions increased the risk of getting cancer by a whopping 70%. I actually couldn't believe that. And I did go look up the research and I will link to it in the show notes. 70%. So, and in that same study, they also showed that emotional suppression increases the chance of premature death from all causes by more than 30%. Yeah, you feel like crap when you keep things in all the time or when you cover up or when you say you're fine and you're not. That's because you're not. The second issue that comes up is stuffing your emotion. That's another common theme I see, you know, and you hurt yourself that way. So people shoving down and not expressing their true emotions, it becomes self-harm. You know, you might gain weight from increased eating. You might have increased drug and alcohol use and have trouble there. You might be overspending, sexually acting out, or any other self-destructive activity, all in the name of avoiding your feelings, all in the name of that. And then the third problem I see before I get to my tips is emotional, what we call emotional dysregulation. So, uh, and that's what I was mentioning before. Not expressing your true emotions results in you expressing untrue emotions or what we call top emotions. So for example, you know, let's say you're out with your partner and his friends. Okay. I'm talking to, right. You're out with your partner and his friends. One of his friends is talking crap about how he'll never get married because then you're just tied down and life sucks. Uh, you know, some such words like that about how bad marriage is. And your partner doesn't say anything to dispute this and maybe even takes some gentle ribbing from his friends. Yeah, Chuck, you've become a real, you know, wussy since you got married. Ha, ha, ha. And your feelings are hurt. Of course they are. You feel rejected and abandoned by your own partner. That's the true feeling. That's the true feeling. On the ride home, you're still still smarting probably from the feeling of being left out in the cold by, you know, your man, but you don't say anything. Later that week, you come home with groceries and your partner's there but doesn't offer to help. And the true feeling is that you feel abandoned again, right? You feel like, oh, he doesn't see me. He's not taking care of me. I feel abandoned. But instead, you lose your shit. 
you never help me. I can't stay in a marriage where my husband doesn't give a shit about me. I'm sick of this, right? It suddenly becomes divorce worthy that you didn't have help with groceries. This is emotional dysregulation where you are, you know, mad at work, but kicking the dog kind of thing. So, and no, I don't have secret cameras in your home. Ha ha ha. But this is how suppressed emotions play out. You end up with this emotional dysregulation and sadly you end up, you end up looking crazy while the real issue is never discussed. It becomes this nasty cycle and you feel more and more alone and misunderstood. So you share less and less and you know, it just blah, big mess. And when you do share, when you share from that kind of, you know, overwrought place, you're partner again is like, why are we talking about divorce when I didn't help with the groceries? Jeez. So you get dismissed. So then you think, oh, I really can't share feelings with this person because they don't take care of me. You feel more abandoned. You know, it's a really nasty cycle, which plays on itself. So you can see the problem. Uh, And avoiding emotions leads to problems with aggression, anxiety, depression, and even your memory gets affected. In fact, a study from the University of Texas found that the more you suppress an emotion, the stronger it gets. So hence the blowing up at your hubby weeks after the incident with the friends because you kept suppressing it. So it got bigger and bigger and bigger and came out of left field. (sighs) So I'm hoping that these reasons give you the value of what I'm about to share about how important it is to take care of yourself, to to really focus on emotional self-care. And so I'm going to give you my top three tips for emotional self-care because you know me, I'm always about the tips. That's what I do. All right. So tip number one is name that feeling. Back in the day, we used to have a show called Name That Tune. Is anybody with me? Are you with me? Name that tune. Uh, I'm really aging myself. Uh, I can name that tune in three notes. So this is Name That Feeling. Uh, You know, I talk about mindfulness a lot and it's because the research just keeps showing that practicing mindfulness is at the core of a joyous and serene life. I will, I promise I'll link in the show notes. I have blog posts on this. I have podcasts on this. I I don't want to spend a lot of your time here repeating what I've already said so many times, but the mindfulness is needed because otherwise you won't know what you're feeling in a moment. So you won't be able to name it. You won't be able to name that feeling. So you have to, you know, uh, be out to dinner with the friends. Let's use that one again. And notice that you're getting really upset and then be able to really talk to yourself about that uh, in the moment. That's the mindfulness. Like, woo, I am pissed. I am feeling, oh my God, I'm feeling so hurt right now. I am feeling so anxious right now. I'm feeling embarrassed right now. I'm embarrassed that he's not saying anything. Uh, I feel like a fool. I feel ridiculous sitting here. I feel ashamed. I must, you know, am I not good enough? You know, all these things. And maybe you missed it there, but maybe you catch it when you're blowing up about the groceries. Whoa, I am ready to talk about divorce around groceries. What is going on? You know, that's what the mindfulness is. And from there, you're going to name the emotion, okay? And the research shows that labeling your emotion will actually make you feel better and be more positive, even if you're naming an emotion like rage or resentment. That's what's so frigging cool, okay? So it doesn't matter what the emotion is that you're naming. Naming it will absolutely make you feel better and actually feel more positive because you're, you know, gaining control. You're, you're putting a label on it. You're naming it. You're, you're putting it somewhere that you can look at it, uh, dispassionately even hopefully at some point. 
So in a moment, you notice what you're feeling and you say out loud to yourself what the feeling is. And I really highly encourage you to also do this when you're having, like, just do this all the, like, as often as you can. That's the mindful part. So if you're washing the dishes and you, oh, how am I feeling right now? I'm washing the dishes. Oh, I'm feeling calm. This is calm. This is a feeling of calm. Name it. Name it. Right out loud. This is a feeling of calm. If, you know, you're at the table and you're, the guy is ranking on marriage and you're noticing, oh, I feel fear. I'm feeling really afraid. Maybe on some other level, you're afraid of losing your partner. He's going to realize how bad marriage is and he's going to, all these friends are single and he's going to go off and be with them. Or he's there, even if they're married, you know, they're all bitching about marriage. He's going to bitch too. And my marriage is going to get worse and worse. I'm afraid of that. So it's fear that's playing a, a role. Uh, and in, in a series of studies at UCLA, researchers found that simply lab labeling emotions turns down the, your amygdala, that alarm center in your brain. It turns down that, that alarm response that triggers the negative feelings. So that's, again, why you feel better and more positive because you don't allow the amygdala to gain control of your brain. Literally, your brain gets hijacked when you're suppressing the emotion and it's it's coming out. You 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 know it's there. You just, or you don't know it's there either way, And but it is affecting you absolutely. And you have this whole stress response. Have you ever even been, um, someone said something that was really embarrassing and you felt like your stomach dropped out? You, you, you felt a blush, you know, creep over your skin or you, you know, got that kind of anxious feeling. That's all the alarm center. That's all your amygdala getting set off. Uh, some, you know, maybe you get really angry and you kind of see red again. So when you name the feeling, just doing that one thing, again, even if it's an emotion that's um, uh, on, you know, like a top emotion, like rage or hopelessness or something, even if it's one of those emotions, it will help to name it. It's amazing. And I do want to say something about the fact that these are these top emotions. So when you're naming that feeling, if you only notice rage or anger or frustration or resentment, I want you to dig a little deeper. I mean, it's good. Start on that. This is resentment. I am freaking resentful that I feel. And try not to say I am resentful because you're not resentful. You have a feeling that's resentful, that is resentment. That's what resentment feels like. It's not you. It's not who you are as a person. It's, uh, it's, I'm, and the same thing if it's a, a quote unquote positive feeling. I, I'm, don't say I'm happy. Don't just say that. You know, sometimes we say it, but then think this is a happy feeling right now. Right now I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling joyful. I'm feeling, uh, free. I'm feeling, you know, be, notice, really identify that because what happens is we start to have, uh, self-identification with these feelings and when in the negative. And so, uh, you know, I'm an angry person. I'm a this. I'm just not motivated. I'm whatever. That that doesn't help us. And, and we start to label and that becomes the problem. Instead, don't label yourself and your personal characteristics. Label the feeling. Because now you see too that you can choose things. No one, I say this all the time, these feelings are states, not traits. So motivation is a state, not a trait. You, you're not motivated in a moment. You're feeling motivated because trust me, an hour later, you might not. So uh, you're not uh, enraged. You are feeling rage. You know, you, you've got to really start to separate those things. So that's, that's part of the important part. But as you do that, 
try to dig a little deeper if the only thing you ever come up with is this anger, all the top stuff, all that, you know, even as you get to sadness, maybe if sadness is the only, or depressed are the only things you feel that you notice that you feel, try, dig a little deeper. What's under that? What else do I feel? What else is here? Name another feeling. And so really do that work. You'll be amazed. It's, it's so simple. I know it sounds simple. So you're probably thinking, oh no, this is a big problem. You know, naming a feeling is not going to help. It does. The research is there. It absolutely will help you too. Uh, okay. Tip number two of my three tips is identify an emotional self-care buddy. Okay. And now identifying an emotional self-care buddy is big. Now this could be your partner could be a friend, could be your therapist. If you have nobody in your life and you feel like I don't I don't have anyone I can share with, then get thee to a therapist. Get thee to help. <laughs> it could be a clergy member, it could be, you know, someone you barely know. As long as it's someone that you do feel it can't be barely know, I would say, but someone that you feel a real connection to, that it matters to you that they're there for you. And uh you want to really, the so the idea is to set up kind of a formal relationship complete with guidelines for success. I don't want you to just think, oh yeah, I'm going to use my sister. Oh yeah, I'm good. No, you need to go talk to them about it. You, you need to, this has to be a formal relationship. You wouldn't just like say out loud, oh yeah, I'm going to use that consultant and not tell the consultant <laughs> that you're going to use them. You want to really set that up and you want to make sure that that person is a good person to be your emotional care buddy. Uh are they, do they want the job? Do they not? Are they good at it? It's because I'm going to give you the guidelines and they really need to be able to work within these guidelines. Otherwise, this isn't your person. I also want to say that it, when you have this person, it's it's fine if you both share both ways. If you're the emotional care buddy for them, that's great. I, I just want you to always feel like there's sort of a separation. Like maybe you do it on different phone calls or at different you know, if you meet for coffee or whatever, once you can meet for coffee, uh, you know, I want you, I don't want you to feel like you're rushing through your part to get to their part or vice versa. So, uh, if you have to separate that, that's fine into two separate meetings, but you also can have somebody that you rely on that doesn't necessarily rely on you for the same thing. Uh, okay. So here's the guidelines. Let me get into it. And there's just a few, but it's, so this isn't about fixing. It's about being listened to and heard. It's about empathy only. This is just empathy. So you don't want uh, anything other than that. You don't want problem solving. You don't want any of that stuff. You really want the relationship to feel like it's just the supportive place to feel heard. Okay. I'm going to talk more about that. Uh, the second guideline is you talk and the buddy doesn't interrupt. They're focused on listening listening. I have great uh, podcasts on listening. If you want to listen to those, I'll link to them in the show notes. And the third thing is that the only things the buddies are allowed to do are show empathy by naming that feeling, right? It sounds like you really feel overwhelmed. Wow. You know, I can hear how angry you are about this. Oh, I can feel your frustration. Wow. You hear that? That's the way to respond. It's fine to do nothing more than that. It's not about agreeing. It's about validating. I'm saying this to all the partners out there. Ugh, I, you know, uh, my my wife should not feel this way. I don't know why she gets so upset about Jeremy at work. That's not for you to judge. This isn't a judge. This is a judgment free zone. The fact is that she does feel this way, and so just I say with love, shut up and listen. Okay, <laughs> and empathize. Ugh. 
I can't, um, so I can hear your frustration. Don't even start say how sorry you are. I mean, you can, but that's not really it. You want to just name the feeling, uh, show empathy that you can, and really think about it. What is she feeling right now? What is he feeling right now? What are they feeling right now? And then say that thing. Wow. I'm really hearing a lot of overwhelm. I'm really hearing a lot of sadness. I'm hearing a lot of, wow, really a lot of anxiety, right? And again, not with judgment, not with anything else except love. So, and it's fine to just do that, but I'll give you possible next steps. Okay. So you could just do that. <laughs> but if it feels right, you could also optionally. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. As a buddy, you can name uh, your own feeling, okay? I'm going to give a caveat to this. So it might you could say something like, wow, it's so hard to see you in so much pain. Oh, I feel angry that so-and-so wronged you too. Oh, it really pisses me off. You've got to be careful with this though, because you shouldn't feel, you don't want the other person to feel like they have to now take care of you. I've had this a lot with couples who do this. And so um, let's say, you know, oh, I'm just going to, you know, go with this, like a heterosexual couple and the wife is, you know, talking about something that really hurts and this happens and the husband says, oh, oh, I'm God, I'm, oh, it upsets me so much to hear how this guy is treating you at work. I'm going to go kill him. Oh, it's going to keep me up at night or whatever, you know, and then all of a sudden the wife feels like she has to take care of her husband when she's the one who's hurting. So you have to be really careful. And I would definitely say this to me is more something that friends do for each other than partners do for each other. This step, um, I I think especially in love relationships, because we do become codependent a lot with our partners, you have to be really careful. And then you can ask some questions as an optional next step after naming the feeling, right? After showing the empathy. So, but make sure there's no suggestions. Remember my, uh, don't sack, right? No offering suggestions, giving advice or criticizing. No sacking. So asking uh, first, so I would even ask first, hey, do you, so, okay, wow, this is a lot. I, I hear overwhelm. I hear frustration. I feel, oh, sadness. Um, do you want to problem solve that a little or do you want to just sit with this? You know, do you just need a hug and to be quiet? You know, what do you, is there anything I can do right now? That's a good question to ask. Is there one thing I could say right now? Do you want to problem solve this? You can ask the question before you go into problem solving. And again, remember that if you're problem solving, you are not coming up with solutions. You are not coming up with suggestions. You are not coming up with advice. Problem solving means that you're asking them questions. So, well, what do you want to do next? I, is there one thing I could say that could help move the needle for you? Is there one thing I could do that could help move the needle for you? 
uh, is there, you know, if it's something like problematic at work, you might ask, well, you know, what have, you know, tell me, what have you tried with this guy at work who's driving you crazy? Is there anything you've tried that's worked? Or is there anything you've tried, what's, what have you tried that's failed? I, sometimes people are afraid to ask that question because they feel like they're going to go deeper down the rabbit hole, but you'd be surprised. You will be surprised when you ask it. It's, uh, it's often really good for them to kind of vent and then move on. You just have to move on from there. You can't just stay in the negative about it. But so those are some optional next steps, but you can just stay with the emotional self-care buddy in listening and empathy and nothing else. And just, you know, that's it. Wow. I, I hear how anxious you are. I hear how upset you are. That's it. Okay. The buddy should not. So what you don't want to have is this is not a time to bring it back to themselves. The buddy shouldn't bring it back to themselves or share their own experience. That's not what this is for. I know that that happens a lot. We are like, oh, I had that too. I know. And they start talking about it. This is not, you're the emotional self-care buddy already. So this person already trusts you. You don't have to build rapport because that's what you're doing when you do that. You're building rapport. You're saying, oh, I feel that way too. I understand. I have this deep understanding of that. Um, you, and you don't. You know, this is the other person's experience. That's all there is. There are definitely times to build rapport. I do it sometimes in session, but it's not not in this relationship. So be very mindful of not sharing your own experience unless you are asked. If you, if the person shares all this and says, oh my God, I feel like I'm the only person in the world who's ever felt this. Have you ever felt this? And again, keep it short. But you can say, yeah, you know, when I had that thing last year with, you know, John at work, I felt like that. I remember feeling so, and just go to the feelings. I remember feeling so alone, uh, so overwhelmed, so anxious every time I went to work. And that, right, now we can have something that really connects. You connect on feelings, not on content. I'm going to say this again. You connect with others on feelings, not on content. So if you can talk about how you felt, you can connect. If you start talking about the content, then he did this and he did this. And I remember I went there and then I did this and then I tried that. Maybe you could try this. That's all content. And that's not where people connect. We connect with feelings. If, if you're watching a movie and someone, is, an actor, a really good actor is speaking a line and you can see them feeling a feeling and you and you start to feel that feeling with them. You can cry at a movie. You can be angry at a movie. You could be shocked or upset, even though you're not even having a real conversation with this person. But you're feeling the feelings that they're feeling. You're feeling the feelings that they're feeling. <laughs> and so that is what connects. That's how you feel like, wow, what a movie. Oh my God, I got taken on a ride on that movie. It's how it, you made you feel. It's 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 what happened. A lot of times there's a great movie you've watched. You can't even explain all the pieces about why it's so great to someone else because it just had a moment. It's why we go to live music events and things like that. There's a feeling that it evokes or any song that you might listen to in the radio. It evokes something, a feeling, and it's really can get you there. Okay. So... They shouldn't bring it back to themselves. They shouldn't be, you know, j again, just, you're just, if you're the buddy, you're just allowing them to feel their feelings. That's all you're doing. They should not cheerlead. No cheerleading, no minimizing, no encouragement. When you cheerlead, you're dismissing a bit. The person's in pain, right? And you're like, but you can get through this, you know, oh, but I don't know why you feel that way about your body. I think your body's beautiful. 
uh, and I make this mistake. I even make this mistake with clients. Sorry, there are clients when you're listening because it's so hard not to. I, I generally can remember and pull myself back or with my kids or my partner or my friends or whoever. But it's really not what people need in that moment. They're not they're not fishing for a compliment. They're fishing for connection. <laughs> so what you really want to do is, I'm not saying you can't offer encouragement later, but in this moment, in this emotional self-care, it's about the person feeling seen and heard. And if you dismiss it and say, oh, you shouldn't feel that way about your thighs, you, your body's beautiful, you're dismissing it. I'm not going to feel heard if I'm complaining about my thighs and you tell me they're fabulous when I don't think they are right? You can tell I have an issue with my thighs. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? That's not going to get us there. So I know it feels counterintuitive. I know it feels, and trust me, you know me, I'm a big cheerleader. (laughs) And it's really that space where it's not supposed to be there. The cheerleading can more come later when you're talking about things and you're brainstorming and they're coming up with ideas and you can say, well, do you feel like that's something you can do? And they might go, well, I don't know. And you might say, well, have you ever done that before? you know, tell me about a success you've had. That's the biggest cheerleading thing you can have in a moment. Tell me about the biggest this you have, the biggest that you have. That's what helps. And so again, the buddy shouldn't try to fix anything, no matter what. This isn't about fixing, no matter how scary it seems, no matter what kind of rabbit hole they're down. Unless someone is actively suicidal, then we can go into fixing mode or homicidal, then you can go into fixing mode and, you know, and then you should be getting professionals in. Let me just say that. Uh, if anyone is saying that they think of hurting themselves or anything else, stop the conversation and call in a professional. I think people spend a lot of time sometimes where they shouldn't. And, uh, you know, it's really a special, uh, trust me, all my years of experience and all my schooling have merit. They're real. And you trying to just sort of punt from the from the line of scrimmage there, you know, went like, I don't even know if you punt from the line of scrimmage. Sorry. I don't know why I'm making that kind of uh, analogy, but there you go. Um, it's football season here in the United States. Uh, but when you do that, you know, you're often perpetuating something that isn't good. And someone is crying for help and you're sort of saying it's not that serious. When you, when they're crying for help enough to say something that serious, and you just sit there going, oh, sure, I can help you. If they cut themselves like right across their throat, would you say, oh, let me do some, let me try to fix that and not call 911? You'd call 911. You might try to fix it at the, in, the, in the moment also. But the first thing you would do is call 911 and get the help on the way. And then you would try to attend to whatever, or you'd put your hand over the bleeding, God forbid, thing and calling 911. But that would be first on your foremost on your list. It, you know, it, when someone hurts themselves a lot, your first thought isn't let me, unless you're a doctor yourself, isn't let me just take care of this. And even a doctor would be calling 911 knowing that they would need backup for something like this and that they need other help and the person needs to get to the hospital. So all I'm saying is, you know, we treat mental health in a very um, lackadaisical kind of way often that it's not that big a deal and it is. So, you know, please keep that front and center. Okay. All right. So don't, you know, so those are the things to really think about not, okay, not doing. All right. And then my tip number three is to be your own buddy. And I still think you should get someone outside of yourself, like a therapist or a a buddy or something else. But I'd also like you to not only rely on that and to really think about, so I'd like you to do all three of these tips, not pick one and do them. Like I often have, oh, do one of these. I'd like you to do, (laughs) um, I'd like you to do all three. And 
there are some great ways to be your own emotional self-care buddy. And uh, one of them is journaling. I Journaling can be a really great way to uh, get to know yourself, to uh, go a little deeper, to attach your emotions to a deeper thinking. And so uh, a great idea sometimes is just to name your feeling. Let's say you said, I'm feeling really depressed. And then I would write about that. So when I feel depressed, here's what happens. Or um, feeling depressed means, I, I would actually give yourself some prompts maybe if you can. What does that mean to you? Who else have you known? Uh, depression in my family means, uh, depression for me means, uh, people think depressed people are. Uh, if you can sort of prompt yourself to write about something, it's great. And you can also look up journaling prompts online. There's tons of them. If you look up, you know, journaling prompts for depression, trust me, you'd find a whole lot of stuff. So sometimes that can be really helpful is to spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes journaling. Uh, that's a great idea. The Another thing you can do is daily meditation. I know, I'm coming back to it. I've been kind of on the meditation kick and I don't want to hear I can't do it. I have a meditation starter kit, totally free, takes less than five minutes a day, less. It's I think it's three minutes. You can do it. You got to start somewhere. No one gets out on the tennis court and right away is expecting to play like, you know, Serena Williams. You would understand that you would need a lot, a lot, a lot of practice. And guess what? She still practices. She still practices. <laughs> you don't get to a point where you're done. And that's why we call it a meditation practice. So whether that's visualizations, whether that's whatever, but my meditation starter kit is the way to go. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. You can come right over and get it. It's totally free. There's no strings attached. So please, please, please start some kind of practice there. Uh, the third thing, I'm going to just give you four tips for this. The third thing you can do, um, mindfulness, you know, mindfulness of your feelings throughout your day. So naming the feeling, as I mentioned above, just tracking your feelings throughout the day. Uh, you can do this. I have a um, blog post that I'll link to in the show notes called uh, Making Mindfulness a Consistent Habit. And you can, or you can just go look that up. It's really quick. But basically, you know, set a timer on your phone for three times a day, a reminder on your phone for three times a day. And when that reminder goes off, you can just check in with how you're feeling. Uh, where was your brain just then? What were you thinking about? Bring it back to this, whatever you're doing. You know, if you were washing the dishes, but thinking about what you were going to do tomorrow or all the things you still, the emails you have to return, you know, you're not in the moment washing those dishes. So bring yourself back to whatever you're doing and then say, oh, how am I feeling right now? What's the feeling right now? And remember, do it as a thing outside of you. Don't say, I'm happy. Say, oh, this is a feeling of calm. I'm recognizing that this is a feeling of anxiety. I'm feeling doubt. I'm feeling whatever you're feeling. Just put it right there and name it uh, and do that throughout the day. So as you know, I talk about momentum a lot. You don't want to let your momentum get into a negative uh, flow. So practicing mindfulness more often in the day can help put you in front of the momentum. And the last piece you can do to be your own buddy is to practice calibration and actively calibrating your mood to a higher vibration. There's This is just one of the best, best things you can do. Uh, I have an entire uh, episode 113 of the 
podcast, or is it 114? Sorry, I'll link to it in the show notes. <laughs> I think it's 113 of the podcast. It was totally devoted to how to change your calibration, how to vibrate at a higher level, how to be the dominant vibration in the room. And when you calibrate your mood to a higher level and you do that throughout the day, you will really take care of your self-care because there is nothing, your emotional self-care, because there's nothing more important than your emotions. What do I say over and over? There is nothing more important than your emotions. And you know this is true. You know it's true and you're still not putting in the time and effort and I need you to do it. And it and all the things I just mentioned, all of it, if you were to do everything I just said to be your own buddy, this would not even be a half hour day. This is literally, if you did 15 minutes of journaling, three minutes of meditation, uh, the calibration exercise is about three minutes. So, right, 15, 18, 21, <laughs> 21, if you like my math. So, and then practice mindfulness throughout your day isn't even a minute. I, two minutes, three, let's say a minute each time. We're literally talking about less than half hour a day spread over the day. It, you've got it. Trust me, you have it. And if you don't, you need this more than ever. If you don't think you have a half hour each day to, you know, just spend some time with yourself or let's even tell you what, I'll take out the journaling. So all you have is your, is your, the meditation, the mindfulness, you have less than 10 minutes a day. How about that? Take out the journaling and do the other three. Less than 10 minutes a day. If you don't think you have less than 10 minutes a day, then we're in big trouble here, folks. So then you really have to do this. Then you really need to do this because that's crazy. If you wake up thinking there's not even another second to fit anything in, there is something really wrong the way you're living your life. I say this with all the love in my heart. I love you so much. I'm telling you, this is not the way to live. You want to live in joy. It is your birthright. It is how you're supposed to be. Watch any little kid running around and you know, joyful, joyful, joyful. They can't wait to be in joy. They can get really upset one minute and guess what? Be really joyful the next because they don't hold grudges. They don't sit in that stuff because they don't want to. They want to be in the joy. So I want you to be in the joy. You absolutely can. You absolutely can have 2021 feel that way, but I need you to start with your emotional self-care, with really taking care of you. I love you. I'm here every week with you. I do so much to try to help, but you need to be, we are in a relationship, you and I. We are in a relationship and that means it goes both ways. So it's not just me putting out stuff, you listening to me, it is you bringing back to me. I would love to hear about it. You can email me, abby at abbymetcalf.com or find me on the website in the contact page. I get the emails. I really, really do. And I really, really respond. So I'd love to hear how this is going or where you're feeling stuck because I'd you know, be very happy to help you or do a future podcast on how to, you know, wherever the stuck point is. So, but there doesn't need to be a stuck. I have complete faith in you and I want you to have faith in you. That's it for today. I want you to have an amazing week. Come on over to the show notes, abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 123, and I want you to get the meditation starter kit and start there. All right, I love you. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you, and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you, anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? 
And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.